podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys are back with another episode of Bosco's Boys, and as always, we are sponsored by the Locker Room app. If anyone hasn't listened to our show from last Friday, it was a recording of our live show on the Thursday. We go live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Go back and listen to it, because I think it was a very great discussion on the future of the college football playoff. Uh, because for all intents and purposes, it looks like they are expanding. Uh, the current number sounds like 12. We talk about that. We have some fun. We talk about the K-State Bowl, uh, or not K-State Bowl, but the, the future of the bowl system. We talk about tie-ins, how you should establish who's going to be in the college football playoff. It was a fun discussion. Then for all the Apple users, please download the Locker Room app so you can go live with us every Thursday at 7 p.m. Except for Thanksgiving, I don't know what we're going to be doing there, but we will figure something out because we love the Locker Room app. It is the only live sports talk platform where you can chat with athletes, hosts, content creators, and fellow fans for free. Get over there today. All right, so... What I'm going to dive into, it's another solo show. Next week will be Dad Pod. Hopefully we can get a little bit of Grant's action. Since he is a dad, you'll be hearing from my dad, hopefully from Mal as well. Uh, So next week will be our, gosh, I think that's going to be our fourth annual Dad Pod, which is wild to think that we've been doing this. You know, this is going to be our fourth Father's Day doing it. This is our fourth off-season doing it. Uh, and, you know, we're still going strong, not missing a week. So what, what I wanted to talk about, and this actually stems from uh, the college football playoff expansion talk, and it was something that really surprised me, and it is what is K-State's role in the college football lexicon? I'll dive into this quite a bit more, and I'm 100% guilty of it, of downplaying what K-State football is, um, you know, post, you know, Snyder 1.0, post the decade of dominance, you know, after that 93 to 2003 run. I, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone who was around and watching college football back then, um, I, I don't think anyone could say with a straight face that K-State wasn't a top 10 program over that 10-year stretch. Um, anyone who would try to say different is disingenuous um, I, I, or just a hater or ignorant. And, and I think we all realize, hey, we had those super high highs. And I'm not going to back off of the stance of saying, I, I don't think we will ever have a 10-year run of time like that ever again. I, I, I don't think we will. But I think it's almost being lost, um, you know, how good relative to the high-end seasons K-State has been in the last 10 years, and, and this was brought up, um, let me see who was the one who tweeted it. Max Olsen tweeted it out. So, um, 
over the last 10 years, so this most recent 10-year stretch, if the 12-team playoff was going to be around, of course you're going to have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Florida State, Georgia, Oregon. Those are all the schools that have would have been in this playoff five or more times. Then at four times, you would have Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, Penn State, Stanford, Wisconsin. Okay, nothing surprising. But if the way this proposal is being leaked out, the 12 teams, conference champions, all that type of stuff, K-State would have been in the college football playoff three times. The 2011, 2012, and 2014 season, along with three appearances, would be uh, fellow... Big 12 folks, uh, Baylor, TCU, Boise State would have gotten in there three times, being the highest-rated G5 champion. Michigan State, uh, UCF also would have gotten in there in Washington. But know what names you don't hear. And again, this is this comes up in recruiting. This comes up when you talk expectations. This comes up when you're talking about, uh, oh, you know, K-State being left out of you know, conferences expanding. You don't hear Arkansas. You don't hear Iowa. You don't hear Iowa State. You don't hear Nebraska. You don't hear Oklahoma State. You don't hear any of these regional schools. You don't even hear Missouri before K-State when you are talking about, you know, the best seasons in the last 10 years getting into this 12-team playoff. I think K-State fans, and I'm 100% guilty of it myself, get lost. Some of us get lost in this idea of okay we're k-state you know do more with less you know we'll, we'll just kind of take what comes to us we're happy to be, be around all this type of stuff and i'm not saying we shouldn't be happy to be in the big 12 again the reason why k-state is in a power conference is because of a decision that was made back in the 20s to join a conference and it's just worked out you know if colorado state makes a different decision they're in a power conference instead of wasting away in the Mountain West. I'm not saying that there aren't some inherent disadvantages, but K-State fans need to realize that when we have our good seasons, when we have our great seasons, it is up there with any other team. Again, we've gone on a drought. We wouldn't have been in this conversation since 2014. I'm not trying to pretend that this is a year-in, year-out for K-State. That would just be false. That would be a lie. I'm not trying to lie. But when you look at it, when you when you hear Oklahoma State over this run, the only time they ever would have made the playoff would have been the same year K-State made their first playoff. And we all look at Oklahoma State when we get in recruiting battles, we get worried. When we look at you know creating expectations for what we are inside the conference when it comes to football, we look at Oklahoma State and we think, oh, they have the T-Boone money, they've done this, they've done that. In reality, Oklahoma State hasn't done shit compared to what we've been able to accomplish, even in the last 10 years. And they definitely did not accomplish anything to a greater extent than we did in, you know, in the two decades before that. If you're talking modern college football history from, you know, the Bull Coalition and on, so you're starting back like 96, that's even cheating out a couple good years that K-State's had. The only team in the Big 12 who has more sustained success than us is Oklahoma. Yes, Texas has a national title, and Texas is always going to be Texas. But Texas, I don't even think would have made the playoff. I, I think when they made their Sugar Bowl and they beat Georgia – 
they weren't even in the top 12 when it happened. Texas would not have even had a playoff appearance in this expanded thing, and we would have had three. Now, there's a lot of things that go into it. I think that K-State fans, K-State culture, uh, coaches, the administration, we got very caught up in the Bill Snyder 2.0 era being walk on you, being, you know, special teams you. Branding plays a part in this. But, but, I mean, we're fans. We're supposed to be fanatics. Why aren't we shouting this out from the rooftops? You know, Auburn would have only been to two college football playoffs in this expanded role. We would have been three. No one thinks of K-State and Auburn as peer programs. No one thinks of K-State and Michigan as peer programs. But the fact of the matter is, even over the last 10 years, which have only featured one conference title and one additional double-digit one season and then one nine-win season, those seasons were still good enough with good enough high-quality wins with good enough rankings that we would have been in the playoff picture. And these other schools don't have those. I think we need to reset what we think our football team can be. And again, I'm just as guilty as anyone. I have been, oh, you know, we just got to hope that you can make a run every handful of years. You know, be in the bowl contention, make a run, you know, whatever. And maybe that's what the whole three-win stuff shows us over that time. Maybe maybe that is what it shows us. But it shows that we can at least hit on those runs on occasion when other schools don't. Iowa State's the darling. Yeah, they would have been in there last year, but that was their greatest season of all time. And we love to have fun with them, and we like to poke holes at them. I love it more than anything. It's my favorite thing to do on the Internet, make fun of Iowa State fans. But we need to be reminding them, and we need to start carrying ourselves with the swagger of knowing, hey, When we have good seasons, we're there. And guess what? It's more than once in a century for us. 30% of the college football playoffs, if we were going to have this expanded, we would have been in. And again, that's cherry picking. We're taking this 12-game series or 12-team playoff and trying to extrapolate it backwards. You know, I I get it. I, I know. I'm kind of stretching. I had to warm up before this. I had to stretch out my hamstrings so I wouldn't pull anything. But... It still puts into perspective that K-State football, while this last 10 years has not been our most successful 10 years, we've still had some massive highs. And yes, even in that 10 years, you have two years where you didn't even make bowl games. You had three losing seasons. I guess it would have been two losing seasons because uh, the one year was 6-6 six and six where we didn't get to go to a bowl game because we played two FCS teams. Actually, no, that's not true because this what started in 2011. Forgive, forgive my rambling there. But we, we need to start understanding that it isn't, oh, poor, poor old K-State. Because we've shown that we can get to this level when our peers don't. Arkansas may never finish in the top 12 ever again. When, when fans start seeing recruiting battles between us and Arkansas, we shouldn't be worried. We need to start carrying ourselves with a little bit more swagger. The athletic department needs to do a little bit better job of branding and showing that, hey, we're not some small little school on the plains. Look what we do compared to our peers. Look what we do versus Iowa. Iowa and Oklahoma State and Arkansas and Missouri and even Iowa State lately, they've been winning these head-to-head battles and the perception is, oh, 
look at their success on the field. Yeah, that's fine. They've had a few better seasons. But when we have our good seasons, we're in the national picture. They're just hoping to go to the Outback Bowl. They're playing around in the top 20. We're in the top 10 when we have our good seasons. Now, is it going to help once Chris Kleiman can have one of these seasons himself? Oh, yeah. If he could get to 10 wins this year, then people see, oh, hey, K-State can be at that level on the national level. It's going to change everything. But I think it's time that the athletic department gets a little bit more aggressive when it comes to marketing our football program against some of these quote-unquote peer schools. Because we have history going back to 1993. We're better than all those schools. Not even close. And you even have the dormant Ron Prince era. You have the tanking of the end of Bill Snyder 2.0. And then you have last year's COVID season that didn't go the way we thought it might after that hot start in Big 12 play. You know, I think it's time that we start, you know, understanding while, yes, we have less revenue than almost any other Power 5 conference. And yes, our donor base is not as deep with billionaires as some of these peers that I've been talking about. But when it gets to, when it comes time to get on the field, we have three seasons. Our three best seasons, we're, we're in the national picture. Iowa cannot say that. Iowa State cannot say that. Missouri can't say that. Oklahoma State can't say it. Arkansas can't say it. Nebraska can't say it. Even Texas cannot say it. Don't even get me started on KU. I mean, come on. In the last 10 years, do they even have nine wins? I don't think so. Maybe they do. But they're irrelevant. It's time we start carrying ourselves with a little bit more of the big dick swagger that we should have of being the better team in this region. In the time we start, you know, treating ourselves like a bigger, better program Because the stats bear it out. When we have our good seasons, we're nationally relevant. When these other teams have their good seasons, they're just hanging out in the top 25. So that's my rant on that. Um, Again, nothing's going to change overnight, but I think think we need to realize that when we're having our good seasons, these other regional programs can't touch us. So that's where I'm at there. that's my rant. I, I think probably over the next few years you'll hear us talk about the expanded college football playoff quite a bit. I've come around on it. I think as long as there's going to be value in winning the conference championship, I'm excited to see expanded. I really miss bowl games mattering. Um, the value of bowl games are going to go down. The lexicon of college football is going to become even more and more and more and more about the college football playoff instead of talking about some of the other stuff, which I think makes college football great. Um, so there's some downsides, but I, I think with the expanded playoff and then uh, you know Max Olson, some other publications really showing who would have been in those playoffs over those years, it really shines a light on the fact that outside of Oklahoma, if you're looking at the Great Plains, we are we are the premier we are the premier program outside of Oklahoma. So uh, yeah, that that's that's all on that. Um, let's talk on. Let's touch on a few kind of uh, big recruiting news. Um, this was a big recruiting weekend over in Manhattan for college football. I think the biggest news is Mr. Caden Crawford. He's an Iowa commit. He was in K State. He was on an unofficial visit. Um, 
you know, he was in town. He, he visited with some coaches. There was a picture snapped of him and another K-State commit and Taylor Bratt in Aggieville. He was throwing up the uh, K-State, you know, WC Wildcat hand sign thing uh, with a smile on his face. And this is this is what it comes to when it comes to recruiting, uh, you know, 17-year-old kids. Everyone is mad at K-State for not recruiting the state very well. And they definitely have not hit on some of the high-profile targets. You know, recently lost out Nick Herzog up to Northwestern. Ken Crawford's out of Iowa. But things aren't over until they go to National Signing Day. The one thing K-State has going for them is Taylor Bratt. Taylor Bratt has been on the show, I think, two times, hoping to get him on in July. We'll see. He's a busy man. He's bringing on the Cats. This man has such a passion for the state of Kansas He's never going to stop recruiting a Kansas kid until the name's on the dotted line. And whether or not Caden Crawford, you know, breaks his commitment to Iowa, ends up at K-State, the fact he's on a visit, and no one can say he's not on a visit. The picture, he has the lanyard. He has the, you know, visitor's credentials. He was there on a visit. The fact that Taylor Bratt and this coaching staff stays on these Kansas kids, it's going to pay off, whether it's going to be a – a flip near signing day, or even if some of these kids decide to transfer once they're around, they're going to remember the program that went after them. And again, they're not hitting on a rate that we want to see. When you have as talented of a Kansas class as we currently have in the state, you want to hit more than what they do. They currently have two of the top 10. Um, and I, I think unless you're going to get someone to flip, I, I think that might be about it of the current top 10. You might have someone sneak in at the top in the top 10. Um, but getting two or three guys, I think you wanted more. I think you wanted four or five. Um, but the way they recruit these kids, I think, is going to pay off down the run. Now, they need to start getting the results, and I think they will come. Um, but, you know, I I don't know. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling optimistic. Not only that, but they had some very great visitors on hand. And something that this team or these fans need to kind of understand is this coaching staff is elite at identifying talent. There's a kid, last name's Best. He was an unranked kid on all of the recruiting websites. We were very early in on him. Then once he finally got his rank, he was a high three-star. So I I think that K-State fans, while I'm not going to sit here and say the staff has been perfect at, at recruiting, they haven't. They haven't. They've, they've lost some leads. There's some guys who I thought they should have gotten uh, that they didn't. But they are elite at identifying talent. And the guys they bring in and the guys that stick around. Because, again, yes, they've had some you know defections. But everyone college football has. The guys they identify early and the guys they hit on have been good. You have Etter, Struber, and Lockett all from the state of Kansas. You have McAllister from Texas right now. I think before you know it, we're going to start seeing some more guys come in, and I think they're going to be big-time players. I am so much – I have so much excitement over the next few months leading into football season, seeing what recruiting is going to do, seeing what they can get their hands on. I I think it's going to be a fun time. I think it's going to be a fun time. Subscribe to our friends over at K-State Online to follow all the recruiting if that is – uh, if that's something that tickles your fancy. Um, one of the other things we're going to touch on 
We're going to touch on a little bit of basketball. We, we won't go too much into it. They're just back practicing. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have gotten a couple reports coming uh, in from practice. And I, I tell you what, and it's early. It's early practice. I don't even know if it's official at practice. Maybe it's workouts. I don't know. But Davion Bradford has had an amazing summer so far. Early returns on him. He's going to take a whole nother step forward. But I'm hearing Marquise Noel has had a great run of luck. In pra- Maybe that, that's downplaying. He has been very good in practice so far. And I'm getting very excited for them. And I want to talk about something that we talked about on the Locker Room Live show. And it was Factor Fiction the tough non-con is going to end up being a net positive for this team. And this is going to contradict a little bit of difference. Even if this team hits the ground running, you have some games that are going to be tough. As much as I hate to say it, frickin' Wichita State bounced back pretty hard after they kicked Greg Marshall to the curb for being an absolute shit person, despicable human being. Um, they bounce back pretty good. Nebraska seems to have a lot of dudes that they're setting up to be good. We're getting Marquette. I don't know enough about Marquette in the Big East Challenge. And then you have a very salty field in the call or CBE Classic. And then you still have an away game with an SEC school. It's probably going to be Texas A&M or Georgia. <laughs> I feel like we're always getting the same teams in those. But that's fine. I think that if there was ever a year to just completely tank your non-con schedule and try to find a way to get to 22 wins, um, this would have been the year to do it. I, I, I understand you can't do it. Basketball is almost getting to the point like football where you're scheduling out these major uh, non-con home-and-homes. And, and hell, we, we might fare pretty good in them. Uh, but you, you can't lose a single one of your bye games. You have to hit the ground running because Bruce needs to get this team to the NCAA tournament. Uh, there, there's not going to be much defense too many folks can make if you're not a bubble team. If you are a definitive NIT team, that's going to be a tough sell to this fan base that a lot of them have checked out. You're going to need to hit the ground running. You're going to have to beat Nebraska. You're going to have to beat Wichita State. You're going to have to give Illinois all they can handle in Kansas City to get the fan base back on board, to get them back on track, to get them, you know, filling Bramlage on Saturday games and making it the Octagon of Doom again. You're, you you need to win the fan base back. And I'm very nervous because um, all it's going to take is an early loss to Wichita State, and then follow that up with another loss to Nebraska, which both of those are on the road. Both of those are on the road. I, I, the, again, I know the pandemic screwed some of it up, but not getting one of those at home, playing in Wichita, and that's an interest, so I think 20% of the tickets will be on sale to K-State fans, and plenty of K-State fans will find themselves in the building, and I think that will be the same up in Lincoln. But you're still playing those away from Manhattan, away from Kansas City, away from where you will have the majority of fans. And this is going to be a team that, yes, has some experience. You have some dudes, but you're still going to be, you know, trying to mesh in new pieces. You know, it, it, it's going to be a tough proposition, and I, I'm worried about that because I love Bruce and I love this young team, and I think they're going to be great. And I mean, 
you know, I'm going to try. I, I might even have to get a Flow Hoops subscription to try to watch the Angola national team because Salt Miguel is playing for the Angolan national team trying to get them to the Olympics. You have some real fun dudes. And I just don't want to see the fan base check out. I don't want to see the team check out. So I'm really hoping they get off to a fast start because I'm, I'm worried about that non-con schedule. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, those are the big topics. Again, we're still waiting on a the first high school commit, but we do have some very good news when it comes to uh, K-State football. They were able to get Sincere Mason. Sincere Mason. He w- He's a Kennesaw State grad transfer. This guy plays safety, and he has two years left of eligibility. He's, he was at Kennesaw State for three years. He was a multi-year starter. I think he started games in all three years. His last two years, he started the majority of the games. But this was a transfer piece that is going to give you depth. This is going to allow you at safety to not have to maybe worry about a walk-on or not worry about having to play a true freshman or a redshirt freshman before they're ready. This was a massive pickup. This was similar to how I viewed the uh, Stubblefield uh, pickup, Stubby, who hasn't worked out. But, you know, there is is a chance. Apparently Prairie View A&M screwed up his transcripts. It wasn't an academic issue for him. Prairie View A&M screwed some stuff up. Hopefully... We can maybe even get 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 Stubby back. I mean, at that point, you have some depth piece of dudes who contributed, you know, in quite a few games at the FCS level to basically buy you cover for some of these young defensive backs to get their feet wet, get back in the game. Um, because of all the transfers that happen in the defensive backfield, we're going to be relying on transfers for a couple more seasons to create this depth. Now, if you can get guys like Sincere Mason, who is going to give you that depth, be a guy who you know can play 30% of the snaps back there because this staff loves to rotate defensive back, that's going to give you chances to win games and not expose young guys before they're ready. And he has two years of eligibility. So he could be a player for 21 and 22, allowing you to continue to get some of these young guys in. And I love some of our young defensive backs, but it is asking a lot of some of these guys to hop in when they're still 18, still trying to learn what to do. Not a lot of them made it up for spring ball. You know, Only being around practice for a couple months, that's going to be asking them a lot. So getting a guy like Mason in there is going to make it so we can you know rotate. So by the end of the season, J-Mac isn't completely burnt out and saying, you know, and be able to do that. I think we're there at corner. We're almost there at safety. Now what are we going to do at nickelback? Nickelback is is the spot where I'm worried about. Uh, Ironically, you know, it's a spot that has become so important just in the modern day of college football. Uh, You have to be able to play the run. You have to be able to guard these shifty, fast slot receivers. You need to be able to guard guys coming out of the running back spot. You know, it was kind of a second thought. You know, up until, you know, 2011, 2012. And K-State has had some great nickelbacks. I mean, I would, I would, you know, 
be putting some of those great nickelbacks from the early Snyder 2.0 era as some of those top guys that you wish could come back. And, you know, you understand why A.J. Parker left, but if A.J. Parker was stuck around with some of these transfers in, all of a sudden you're thinking this defensive secondary is going to be one of the best in the Big 12. I think on the one line they are. I think if you're looking at just the starters, just the ones, not many secondaries are bringing back as much starting experience. It's that two line, and we, we've seen it. You know, you're not going to get through the entire season healthy. This team likes to rotate a ton, so it, you're not going to be able to rely just on your one. So, really, if you can develop those twos by the time Big Twelve play rolls around, I mean. I don't know. I'm really liking this secondary. I'm starting to get really excited for this upcoming sports season. I, I I know so many people were burnt out with how the COVID seasons went in both football and basketball. I, I get it. it. It wasn't fun. It was not a fun sports season. But, man, I tell you what, this this could be a special year. I, I legitimately think football is going to get their groove back, and I think basketball is going to have one of those fun years where you're on the bubble the entire way. And we're getting closer and closer, you know. We're at the halfway point of June. You're getting all this recruiting news. I know if you're not a recruiting buff, it's these are the dark days. Um, but before you know it's going to be July. And then before you know it's going to be August. Camp's going to be back. And then before you know it, we're going to have 50,000 people in Arlington. And then 52,000 people in Manhattan cheering on K-State football before you know it. It's going to get here. I can't wait. I hope you guys uh, are having fun joining us on the locker room app. I hope you guys are having fun listening to the show. Um, tweet at me. Let's let's get some interaction going this week. Tweet at Bosco's Boys at Scott Wildcat. Let's get some interaction going. What does K State need to do better to start marketing themselves uh, in the history that we have? Again, it, it's not like you know we would have been in the playoff in 2018 or something crazy like that. It, it has been six, seven years since we're in that conversation, but still having three in the past ten seasons while all these quote-unquote peer schools have one or zero, we need to be doing a better job. What what, what should K-State be doing? And, and it can't be as easy as sending out a, oh, we would have made it with this hypothetical expanded college football. No, you can't be doing that. But what sort of ideas do you have to start marketing and start you know getting this perception of, oh, small little school on the prairie, uh, away. What what do what do we need to do? Is it something us as fans need to do? Is it something that the university needs needs to do? Is it something the athletic department needs to do? Let's get creative. Tweet it at me. Uh, what what are you most excited about for this upcoming football season? It was something we played in the uh, locker room app. You know, uh, a handful of uh, factor fictions. Uh, give me the football game you're most excited about. What do you think about uh, sincere Mason? Fun name, Kennesaw State, K-State to K-State. Some of the headlines write themselves. Are you excited to get another guy in? Do you think that we're relying too much on the transfer portal? I don't think so, but, uh, you know, maybe some folks think so. Maybe you want to roll with the true freshman instead of bringing in all these transfers. Talk to me. Is, is the transfer portal going to end up being a net positive for K-State football or a net negative? That's another one I'd like to hear. And then, you know, just tell me, what are your thoughts on, you know, basketball team? What are you guys hearing? You know, that's the fun thing about college athletics. Everyone knows someone who knows someone. Tell me what you're hearing coming out of practice. Maybe I'm only getting, you know, the sunshine and lollipops. Are you hearing something bad from practice? Let me know. Uh, But that's all we have 
Also, if you have any, if you have anything that you want us to ask our dads on Dad Pod 2.0, let us know that as well. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Hopefully, we'll start seeing some of these high school commits pop. Uh, but I, I have faith in our guy Taylor Brat. I have faith in our guy Chris Kleiman. I think the recruiting wins are going to come, and I think we're going to see some wins on the field as well. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have. Uh, if Grant was here, he'd say, "Meet me at the cat." I'm just going to say, "Be nice to everyone, and let's have ourselves a week." Go Cats! UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Podcast Network.